0: Welcome to the Tactical Toolbelt Climate Tech Podcast. On this show, we focus on how the real estate industry, the world's single largest emitter of greenhouse gases, can leverage climate tech to become part of the sustainability solution. I'm your host, Greg Smithies. I'm a partner on the Climate Tech team at Fifth Wall, the largest and most active venture investor in technology for the real estate industry. In this podcast, we'll be joined by people on the front lines the people inventing, investing in, and deploying the climate tech will need to make our homes, offices, and communities more efficient, more sustainable, and ever closer to carbon zero. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to another episode of Tactical Tool Belt Climate Tech. And today, I have the uh, fantastic opportunity to uh, chat with Frank Stamatetas, who is uh, the president and CEO of Secure SecureAir. Um, It's a company on the forefront of reducing the energy uh, usage of uh, HVAC systems, as well as increasing the cleanliness of air inside buildings, which I think, you know, coming out of a global pandemic is pretty top of mind for people. So Frank, thanks very much for taking the time uh, to chat with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure, Greg. Yeah. So before we jump into uh, what it is that Secure Air actually does, um, I'm always fascinated about uh, how people get to where they are in their in their career and they uh, get into these really interesting companies. So um, yeah, maybe maybe give us a little bit of your background and uh, how you got to here. So f-
1: first of all, I am a uh, I'm an engineer by trade, so uh, electrical engineer that is by trade, and I also have uh, a master's in uh, finance and marketing. So. Kind of a, a unique combination. And um, I spent nearly 20 years uh, at a company called Paul Corporation, which is P-A-L-L. And that company was actually acquired uh, probably about three years ago now by Danaher. So, so it's now part of the Danaher Group. But um, that's where I got my formal training in uh, filtration. So... Uh, What I like to say to people is um, if there's a type of filtration that exists, um, I probably have misapplied it, applied it correctly, or ripped it out. So um, I I have a vast uh, background uh, in filtration and um, was involved with my first indoor air quality company in uh, 2003 and started to understand, really, um, how bad our indoor air quality was. And uh, a little bit further down the road, got introduced to uh, the founder of Secure Air, who who I thought had a really unique solution. And as we talked, uh, within the first 10 minutes, um, we knew that, man, if we could just get this to market, in the right way, uh, we knew we could help and impact people's lives. So that's kind of a a high um, a high altitude view of kind of how I got to where I am, and uh, and really excited about uh, talking with you uh, uh, this morning about it.
0: Yeah, fant- fantastic. So I, I think you really started sort of alluding to this, but um, there, there clearly is a problem around indoor air quality um, and and typically there's a little bit of a, a juxtaposition here. Um, I, I like to think of airplanes actually bizarrely, which is airplanes um, have this really tough trade-off inside them, which is either we can have clean air by sucking in lots of fresh air from the outside, or we can be efficient because all the air you suck in is coming in at like zero degrees Fahrenheit because you're at you know, 30,000 feet. And so you've got to heat all of that up. So either we burn fuel to heat up clean air and keep the air clean, or we recirculate all of the air and you have dirty, dirty air inside them, right? So I think the aeroplane uh, maybe analogy here is a good microcosm for, for what you're talking about. But what is the real problem that you guys are, are going after and trying to solve?
1: Yeah, so uh, excellent application, of course. And uh, I, I can not agree with you more. Um, it, it really states the problem. So, so the problem in an aircraft, if you're not bringing in a hundred percent outside air and flushing that cabin at a high air exchange rate, you basically have created a soup of virus, bacteria and, and people. Right. And when that all kind of mixes together, the ability to transmit, a virus or a bacteria from one person to the next, it's it's actually no longer random. You're actually caught in in one of the worst situations possible. And, And the reason for that is that when we talk about bacteria and virus, they're small from a size perspective. And they tend to float and not move with airflow. So if you're not moving at very, very high air change rates, you're not moving the bacteria and the virus that people are exhaling inside of the plane. So in a sense, you're in the soup when you jump in an airplane and if somebody behind you or in front of you is sneezing or coughing, guess what? In a short period of time, you may not be feeling too well yourself. So that indoor environment inside of a plane it is really the same as any indoor environment. Your home, your office. A- another great one is an elevator. Right? So, so ride up 15 floors with somebody that's sick in an elevator and realize that What they're exhaling stays in that elevator for hours. So we've got a a significant indoor air problem in that if someone's sick, they can absolutely pass it along. And if you yourself are in an immunocompromised position, that's how you get sick.
0: Yep. And and I, I know that right now you know talking about viruses and and flu and things like that around air quality is is obviously sort of a, the the topic du jour, um, but I think that there's also especially in buildings um, much larger uh, but almost more more protracted and uh, as opposed to acute problems um, around say uh, volatile organic chemicals PM two point five stuff if you've got say a gas stove in your home uh, things like that so I think the um, Covid might have brought the fact of indoor air quality up to the the top of people's focus area, but this is something that even outside of a, a global pandemic is is important um, to to really focus on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and the total volatile organic compound um, issue is, is a big one. And and a lot of times, um, you know, like I did myself, a lot of times that, that that gets overlooked. But you know, volatile organic compounds that are released from cleaning cleaning fluids uh, released from furniture, from carpets, depending upon where it comes from and where it's made. Those things happen to stay resident inside of those spaces. So uh, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, so one time I was on an airplane flying from New York to California and I happened to be sitting next to a Boeing executive. And we started to talk about what each other did. And uh, he shared with me uh, his position, which was, he said he was responsible for weights. So W-E-I-G-H-T. So I started scratching my head saying, weights? <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? Well, he said to me that Boeing tracks the airplane from the first day it goes into service until it comes out. And they measure how heavy the plane is, obviously for fuel consumptive purposes. But the thing that he shared with me that was a little scary was he said, usually from year one to year seven, the plane gains about 850 pounds.
0: Uh, now, I, I, don't, I, I almost don't want to ask of what, right? <laughs> Which is exactly the question I asked. Well, what is that from?
1: And he said, with a straight face, human beings.
0: Wow. So this is, this is like dust and cruft and uh, skin cells and all of that sort of stuff. Yes.
1: Yes. So, in an eight year period, the average aircraft gains about 850 pounds of human remains.
0: Wow! Wow! That uh, I, okay. So I don't want to completely disgust our audience, um, but that is an eye-opening story. Um, uh, but I, I do think that some people right now are sort of scratching their head, like, "Didn't didn't I, I dial into a climate tech podcast? What does this have to do with indoor air, uh, indoor air quality?" Right. Um, so maybe maybe touch a little bit on on that. What really is the trade-off here between indoor air quality versus efficiency?
1: Yeah, so uh, again, I think as you alluded to earlier, it's about energy efficiency, right? And uh, in an aircraft, uh, again, if you just brought in 100% outside air um, in the upper atmosphere, you have to heat or cool it. So the idea is how how can we actually clean the indoor environment without... The tremendous amount of outside air that's needed. And that's the challenge. And and if you think about even, uh, for example, in a commercial Class A office building, you know, now you're seeing Merv 13 rated efficiency filters and even higher in some cases. Those filter devices basically cost you energy to push the air through the filter and into the building and recirculate it so the higher efficient the filter the more energy you're using to move that air
0: but that doesn't mean that the air is cleaner yeah so it's it's almost like to date we've had a little bit of a of a uh, a, a devil's juxtaposition which is kind of one of those situations where it's like you can have three things but you can only ever pick two of them right it's like you you can either have clean air or you can have an efficient building and even if you are deciding on having clean air without recirculating the outside air that means you're going to be less efficient because you've got to have these really fat big stacked filters that just take a lot of force to uh, push the air through right so it's always been uh, just pick uh, pick clean air, all pick efficiency and never the twain shall meet, right? Exactly. So let's maybe get into, okay, what's the solution here? Um, what does Secure Air do that, uh, that sort of solves this problem?
1: Yeah, so, uh, so SecureAir has, has come up with a pretty unique solution um, in that we take a less efficient uh, media filter, which the benefit of that is it doesn't take a lot of energy to move the air, And we enhance that with an electrical device. And that electrical device gives us the ability to remove the dangerous airborne pathogens and contaminants from an indoor space without the need for high amounts of outside air or fan energy. So it's a unique solution that actually answers the question that you asked. You know, how do we get there? Can't we have it all? And, and from a secure air perspective, the answer is you can.
0: Yep. And so if I was thinking about this conceptually, this is like you take a, take a much, quote, unquote, lower quality filter that typically wouldn't actually be catching as much stuff, but that is much easier to blow air through, right? Right. Um, and then you're electrifying it, so it it, it, t- it turns into a glorified sort of I, I don't know is is the right analogy here a, a virus a bug zapper or is it a, say statically attracting the viruses or doing something like that?
1: Yeah, so in a sense it, it is it's a virus zapper. So anything that's viable, um, our system will inactivate or kill. But we we apply electric fields. Um, to that media in a very unique way. And what's probably most important about what we do is most people understand that there's no 100% efficient air filter, right? It doesn't exist. So everything that gets through our filter.
0: Well, by by the way, there is a 100% efficient air filter. It's a wall, Yes, (laughs) (laughs) technically, but yes. (laughs) And and nothing gets through it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So,
1: in our case, the secure air system uses that weakness to your advantage because everything that exits our system acts like a micro sponge and it has the ability to go out into the space absorb the contaminants that are there, and then it transports them out of the space for it to be either captured in the now more efficient filter or exhausted through the building's exhaust system. So it's a way of giving you everything that you want. Efficiency from an energy standpoint, clean air. Which we now know is very, very important, and we do it in an economical way for the building.
0: So, okay, let, let me. Uh, I, I like my weird analogies, but let me see if if I understand this. It sounds like there's actually a couple of things going on here on the on the physics level. So, one, as the as the air and the particles and these viruses go through your filter, um, all of the viruses are too small to actually technically be caught by your filter. Um, and, and most other people's filters, right? But t- technically, you'd be caught by your filter. But then your, your system, uh, through the electrification of it, is doing one of two things. Either it's sort of zapping and ripping them apart right there through the electric field, or it's uh, effectively ionizing them so they end up kind of statically charged. And then as they then further float through the air, because they're now statically charged, they're agglomerating and they're sort of sticking to other particles in the air. And so you have bigger particles that are much easier for them to either drop out of the air or to be exhausted or to be caught by uh, the lower quality filters, right? Is, is that sort of correct that those are the two things going on? So, so Greg, that, that's exactly
1: it. In our case, it's the latter. So we're combining them so that we can transport them. And then once they're captured in the filter bank, then the oxidation process begins and actually kills anything that's viable. So so we don't wanna break things apart because then that creates unknowns, right? You you can break something bad, uh, you can break something apart that's bad and make it worse. In our case, what we wanna do is combine, transport it, capture it, and inactivate it or kill it. So so we think we think we do it uh, in the safest way to do it. You know, raw ionization um, isn't the right way to do it. Um, UV, you know another technology that's been, uh, I would say hyped um, recently, The problem with UV is that if you're flowing air through a UV system at 500 feet a minute, which is the normal velocity in a building, how much time are you getting to actually inactivate or kill a pathogen?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially with the UV light, that's probably, you know, a few watts of power as a few, you can actually do the back of the math sort of physics problem here. How many, how many milliwatts of power do you actually need to ionize something and, and fully destroy it times by how much time is that thing actually in the light times by, you know, the, the wattage power of that light bulb. And uh, yeah, the math doesn't check out there. You can't do it fast enough unless, unless you've got, you know, the a uh, 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 sort of sun-sized UV light inside your HVAC system, right?
1: That's right. That's right. And, and to your point, um, and, and this is actually very important. Um, most people don't realize that indoor air and outdoor air are very, very different things because indoor, you don't have that effect of the sun and outdoors you do. So a completely different scenario, um, from indoor air to outdoor air, which is why they have to be treated differently.
0: Yep. Got it. Well, um I, I would say th- this is an incredible incredible new technology. Um unfortunately we we are out of time and we've got to wrap. Um but I think the the summary here is what Secure Air is trying to do or, or has done is allow building owners to have kind of the best of both worlds, right? An efficient HVAC system that also happens to uh, be able to uh, really scrub the air and make it clean, get rid of diseases, get rid of the, the organics and everything. And so you no longer really have to have this trade-off of either I have a clean air building or I have an efficient building. You can kind of get the best of both worlds. So That's it. Why not have both? Yep. That's uh, in, incredible technology. Um, I always love learning about these things, so uh, Frank, thank you so much for spending the time with us, and uh, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. You as well. Thanks, Greg. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to 5th Wall's Tactical Toolbelt Climate Tech Podcast. For more on 5th Wall and our efforts in climate tech, visit our website at fifthwall.com.